Hello, you are listening to Homilies from Newman University Church, founded by St. John Henry Newman and the home of the Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason. So Friday evening, during one of the ad breaks in the Gulf, I switch over to check out what's on the late late. The Irish talk show. And there's CJ Stander the just-retired Munster and Irish international rugby player. And he's telling the host, Ryan Tuberty, about playing for Ireland against the mighty New Zealand All Blacks in Chicago. The first time we finally beat them after nearly 100 years of trying. The game came just after after Munster and Ireland had suffered the sudden heartbreaking death of Axel Foley, an inspirational player and later young coach for Munster. For that Chicago match, the Irish management has asked the team to form up to face the all-black Hacker in a figure of eight, the number that Axel always wore. And it was strange, Stander said. He tried to explain. There was, there was this breeze going round blowing through us, and, and even though we were standing a little apart in, in formation, it was as though we were completely together, shoulder to shoulder. And we just knew that Axel was there with us. The only reason I'm quoting the late, late is because whether Standard knew it or knew it not, By all accounts, he's a God-fearing man. The language he used to describe the experience shared by the players sounded so astonishingly familiar, especially as we celebrate this feast of Pentecost. In the Bible, the word for, for breeze or wind is the same as for breath, both in Old Testament Hebrew, ruach, and in New Testament Greek, pneuma, And that's the same word that we use for spirit. Picture in your mind's eye, and I invite you to feel in your heart what those first disciples experienced. They'd seen how Jesus had been betrayed, crucified, buried along with all their hopes and dreams of the new world he appeared to have ushered in the world as it might be if only God were given a free hand to rule. And for all that they had seen up close, how Jesus had changed people's lives, had inspired them by word and example, for all that they knew themselves to have been invited into his closest friendship, they also knew that in their weakness, And to their shame, they had deserted him in his greatest hour of need. And now here they were, gathered in fear, lest the same pressure and attention should be turned on them. When suddenly, they experience that he is here, standing among them. And offering not a word of condemnation or recrimination, but 
Shalom. Peace be with you. And he breathed upon them the same breath or spirit of God which he had received through baptism in the Jordan so that they could now continue his mission to offer to others the good news that sins are forgiven, that we can truly live as children of the Father, transforming this world into God's kingdom. Jesus was inspiring them to be his witnesses, or to use the language of Luke in the Acts of the Apostles. He was setting them on fire with his spirit so that they could find the right words and actions to share the good news with peoples everywhere. And that's what we claim is still the case for those who receive his spirit in the waters of baptism, who gather to break bread in memory of me as he commanded. For you and me, in other words. At least so I believe and so I hope. Such faith and hope, of course, can be shaken, can't it? Friday morning, I called in to see the children of sixth class in one of our schools. It doesn't matter which. It was my first time to see them in person this year. And it was a joy. I wanted to reassure them that, yes, they would get to receive the Holy Spirit in the Sacrament of Confirmation. But no, we just don't know precisely when. And at some stage, as we chatted, I asked them, I'm not sure how or why, but I asked them, where's Nazareth? Or why would you have heard of it? And I might as well have been asking them, where's Timbuktu? I wouldn't blame them for a moment. I wouldn't be seeking to blame anyone, to be honest. Maybe those that knew were a bit too struck, you know, as sometimes happens in a classroom. They're gorgeous kids. And it was, as I say, a joy to see them. But I did wonder, how on earth could they have been in a Catholic school for eight years, have received in church the sacraments of baptism, confession, Holy Communion, and seemingly, at least, know so little of the life of Jesus? Because that's the heart of the good news, surely that Jesus is, quite simply, the most extraordinary figure in human history, whose life, we believe, changed the life of every other person, and certainly, objectively and knowingly, has changed the lives of literally billions of people over the last 2,000 years. Jesus is the one who offers each of us the opportunity of knowing and experiencing ourselves to be beloved children of God. And what is more joyful or inspirational than that? But as St. Paul says, no one can say Jesus is Lord unless under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The challenge, I think, for us as church, as a community of faith and love, is to reconnect to that source of life, and energy and hope. We need the Spirit to breathe new life into dead bones 
as the prophet Ezekiel would say. We need a new Pentecost, a new experience that, like C.J. Stander discovered on the pitch in Chicago, although we may be separate, there is a presence moving through us, sometimes like a gentle breeze that reassures, other times like a mighty wind that stirs us up, but which has us stand shoulder to shoulder helping us realize the truth that he is here. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth.